in, gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Fundamism Podcast. I'm your host, Paul J. Long, master of shenanigans, and you're in for some shenanigans today. We, collectively, are in for some shenanigans. But before we get to them, ladies and gentlemen, do you know how much affection I have for Charlie Hustle? I mean, like, not just are they the sponsors of the Fundamism Podcast, but they are my friends, ones that I consider family, and uh, we have a very similar moral compass. So that's why I'm excited to announce that in the month of May, National Mental Health Awareness Month, I'm teaming up with Charlie Hustle to bring you Mental Health Mondays. You know, everybody out in the world has got something going on in their life. We all face challenge. We all deal with difficulty. And mental health isn't something that... uh, is a as a destination, right? It's a journey. It's something that no matter how strong we all are, we battle each and every single day. Everybody has dark days. And so in the spirit of fundamentalism, gravitating more towards the things that lift us up as opposed to the things that don't, focusing more on what's good. Charlie Hustle and I we're uh we're going to bring you mental health Mondays. And uh, excited to announce that 5% of of net sales are going to benefit two very uh, great and deserving charities that help support mental health efforts. So uh, stay tuned for additional details on that. And go visit charliehustle.com to learn more about them, their amazing clothing and apparel, and why I've chosen to align myself myself with such an amazing brand. CharlieHustle.com. Mental Health Mondays. Hey, speaking of mental health, you ever like, you ever wanted to do something so bad, like you set a goal and nothing, nothing could get in your way. You were just tenacious and, and diligent in your efforts and, You worked and worked and worked and worked, and it just didn't go your way. How did you respond? What did you do? How did you move past it? So for those of you that are avid listeners of the Fundamism podcast, you may recall that I set a personal goal to be able to dunk a basketball by my 40th birthday. I haven't provided you many updates, and not because I'm I'm not still working on it, but rather uh it's kind of like it's kind of like a bag of popcorn. Like you never want to take the bag of popcorn out of the microwave before all the the kernels are popped. Like I didn't want to I didn't want to come back to you until I was able to dunk said basketball. So I've been, I've been getting it in. I mean, working extremely hard. I, of course, did a, a jump program by a former uh, Fundamism podcast guest, Harlem Globetrotter, 
Trotter. That's a thing. And uh, professional dunker, Chris Staples. It was amazing. Like I saw immediate growth. My vertical increased. Um, I was I was there. My guy Colin, uh, Colin. I, I hope you're listening to this with your mama, Nisi Stoner, Nisi Hanks. But Colin Hanks is uh, he is the nephew of my best friend in front of the show, John Stoner. And I'd see Colin in the gym nearly every day practicing. He'd be over there practicing, shooting, getting getting good. Reminded me and John, we just had this discussion recently, about us little knuckleheads in the gym all the time, just working on our craft, trying to get better. So Colin's on one end of the gym working on his craft. And I'm I'm on the other side of the gym doing my jump program. And uh, the final day of the program, I was I was so excited. It's like, Colin. You're about to see me make long history, long history, long being my last name. So I try to dunk and I'm there like I'm just throwing it down at the back of the rim and I, I just, I just can't get it. So the program's done. I alter course. I, uh, I had this little knee pain behind my right knee. And it's been something that I've been dealing with long before I tried this jump program. It's just uh, just nagging. I attribute it or have historically attributed it to arthritis, uh, which I was actually diagnosed four years ago. And uh, side note, I'm 39, old, but I have 75-year-old knees after multiple knee surgeries and uh, torn meniscus, menis- menisci. Minuscule. I think that's plural. I, uh, it's not. I just don't have much cartilage in between my knees anymore. And so, you know, the more active I am, the longer I play. I mean, including like low impact sports like pickleball, um, you know, just, just, I know running isn't low impact, but just any active, sport, any active competition, I typically walk away and my knees are just shot, just sore all the time. So I find this program called Knees Over Toes Guy on Instagram. He's got like over 1,800 successful knee rehab stories and uh, examples. And so I'm like, man, this is this is what I need. Build, build up the muscles around my knee, build up some stability, get back to full flexibility, right? To where I could actually bend down. You ever try to sit uh, on your knees where your butt's actually touching your ankles? I can't do that at all. Like I, I have probably a foot between my butt and my ankles when I try to sit down and there's just, there's just something limiting in there. I, I always attributed it to just a, a lack of flexibility. So I'm doing this program and I'm working on it. And I mean, I've, I've been with Chris Staples program being 60 to 90 days, and then working on this knees over toes program. I did that for about a month and a half. My pain wasn't subsiding. Like it wasn't getting any better. And in fact, it was getting worse. Now, side note, I'm not lifting weights with my legs. I'm just doing all knee rehab, flexibility stuff. And the pain is not getting any better. Now, I haven't jumped or tried to dunk a basketball in two months now. And uh, 
So it's not impact that's creating the pain. So I just feel like something's wrong. Like it's got to be a cyst or something behind my knee. It doesn't make sense. It's not where I feel like arthritis would be. I know that something's wrong. So I go to the doctor and uh, get an x-ray. The doctor's reviewing the x-ray. And before even, even diagnosing my knee or asking me any questions, the doctor says, after looking at the x-ray, your pain's right here, isn't it? And she goes to the exact place behind my knee, uh, close to my tendon that hurts. And I was like, yes, how'd you know that? And she says, well, you basically have all these bone spurs, like these pretty significant loose body bone masses that are just floating in between your joints. And every time you bend your knee, uh, you're basically you're rubbing on these, these bone spurs, which is creating the pain and limiting your flexibility and why you can't extend your knee all the way. So I call my wife and tell her and my mom and a couple friends. And, and the first response from everybody was like, oh man, I'm so sorry. Like that sucks. You, you have to get surgery. You know, one thing to note, the doctor that I go to, she's more of a holistic, uh, doesn't believe in surgery, wholeheartedly believes that this the surgeries that I've had previously is what helped in creating this problem and the deterioration in my knees. She doesn't believe in surgery, but she said, Hey Paul, like the only way to solve this problem is to remove these loose bodies. Like it's, it's going to be painful until you remove these bone spurs. So everybody's really apologetic. And, uh, my first response was never like, Oh crap, Ugh, this sucks. I got to get surgery or woe is me, or I'm not going to accomplish my goal because full disclosure, I don't believe that my goal is out of reach yet. I still believe that I could, that I could dunk a basketball by July 8th, my 40th birthday, but I do got to get this. I got to get this knee cleaned up. I got to get these bone spurs out. And so it's, everybody's expressing their condolences and you know, their apologies. My response is, Hey, thank you. But I'm actually excited. Like there's, there's nothing to apologize about because I know that there is actually something specific that is wrong inside my knee. If you've ever, if you ever like taken your car to the mechanic because you've heard a sound and you know that something's wrong and the mechanic looks at it and they're like, no, nope, uh, we don't see it or it's not making the sound and everything's good. I was fearful that I would go to the doctor and they would say, no, nah, it's just normal wear and tear. And what you're feeling is arthritis because you're old. And that's what I didn't want to happen. But when I went to the doctor, her saying there is something specific that's causing this problem, it validated what I knew in my head and it made me feel good because I knew that there was a solution. So the moral of the story is when faced with challenge, when faced with adversity, when you set goals and they don't move like you want them to or you don't accomplish them as fast as you desire, or you don't accomplish them at all. You know, you, you do have a choice in how you look at things and, and perspective is everything. So that's a really long intro to get into today's core message. The foundation of fun, fun being our acronym F U N F being foundation, you understanding others perspectives and in next steps practical, tactile next steps to increase the amount of joy, fun, and fulfillment in your life. Today, our focus is the foundation of fun. 
So listen, I understand. Sometimes things get in our way. Started this whole thing off by talking about Mental Health Awareness Month uh, in the month of May and Mental Health Mondays by teaming up with Charlie Hustle. Side note, you'll find all that content on Instagram starting in May. But I understand things get in our way and our mindset plays a significant role in perspective and how we look at things. And all of that is rooted in our own personal foundation, like our experiences in life, how we see things, our DNA, our belief system, our core values. So today we're really going to dive in. We're going to dive into your personal foundation and understanding potentially through self-reflection and self-discovery why you are the way that you are. Why do you see the world the way that you do? In hopes of potentially seeing that it can be altered. You can change your experience in life, but change is hard. What if, we, what if we just reframed that word? I saw a gentleman on TikTok recently. I think his name was Paxton Dixon, maybe? Could be wrong on the name, so my apologies. But on TikTok, he was talking about how reluctant folks are to change and how difficult that concept is. And he went on to say, but what if we weren't asking people to change, but rather channel, channel their energy, channel their emotions, refocus, reframe the emotions that we feel. So then he broke it down. He threw out these these feelings, the emotions, like a feeling of anxiousness. Do you feel anxious? Well, if you feel anxious and you think that what I'm saying cannot be done, that you can't alter your perspective, that you can't change, what if I... I didn't ask you to change that anxious feeling, but rather channel it. Because what an anxious feeling is, is really just excitement. It's nervous excitement. See, you could be anxious and say, what's going to happen today? Uh." Or you could reframe that and be excited. What's going to happen today? See, if you're bored, you... If you have that emotion, if you have that feeling, well, then you have it in you to channel that energy and rather be relaxed. A state of boredom is actually a state of relaxation, but rather your mind can't shut off because you feel like you should be doing something different. If you're stubborn, well, then you have the ability to be committed. Oh, oh, I can't do it. I can't. Paul, it's not in me. I can't change. Well, that's a stubborn concept. That's a stubborn mentality. So what you're really doing is you're being committed to your idea that you can't change, which tells me that you can be as committed to the idea that you could channel. Well, if you're hyper, you could be energetic. If you're depressed, you could be serene. And if you're manipulative, well, hey, you could be motivational like me. (laughs) Motivational. So these are all things that build up our personal foundation. And that takes us into, if you've been following along, the third chapter 
of the Fundamism Connecting to Life Through Fun book and chapter three, The Foundation of Fun. Enjoy. Chapter three, The Foundation of Fun. You cannot build a dream on a foundation of sand. To weather the test of storms, it must be cemented in the heart with uncompromising conviction. T.F. Hodge. At the age of 33, I was an executive director of operations for a Fortune 300 company. My first day in the role, I, I remember crossing paths with one of our employees. We made eye contact. We had never met before. They didn't know who I was, and it really didn't even matter. I remember smiling and, and greeting them with a boisterous, great morning. No response and confusion set in. How could anyone make eye contact, be asked a direct question, and just keep walking after completely ignoring me? Over the years, that experience has happened to me numerous times. Even to this day, the lack of human response after a warm greeting still catches me off guard, and I find myself wondering why. A speaker by the name of Keith Harrell used to recite a quote by his grandmother that really stuck with me. She used to tell him, don't ever judge the face if you can't judge the heart. You never know where someone's been in life and you don't know what they're going through. Growing up, your grandma gave you so many smiles. So if someone doesn't have one, you bless them with one of your own. Now, I, I don't know why some individuals look at me, see my smile, hear my happy greeting and choose not to reply. However, the one thing I know for certain is that that individual could benefit from having a little more fun in life. As already mentioned in the introduction, FUN is an acronym that stands for Foundation, Understanding Others' Perspectives, and Identifying Next Steps. It is predicated on your being present and willing to consistently indulge in self-reflection. FUN represents a balance of recognizing strengths, areas of opportunity, personal awareness, respect of others, curiosity, and willingness to move yourself forward. In chapters one, two, and currently in three, we've been examining the foundation of fundamentalism, the F in fun. A key part of this foundation entails a, a wholehearted embrace of the notion that you choose your perspective on life. That was in chapter one. You choose to take on the victim or victor mindset. A second key is that you identify your fundamentals and engage in them frequently to keep a lit your life lantern of joy and satisfaction. That was discussed in chapter two. Now in this chapter, we'll explore other crucial components in the foundation of fun, starting with being present in life and deliberate in our actions. These two behaviors are critical in maximizing the effectiveness of fun. Presence. The Oxford Dictionary defines the word present as being fully focused on or involved in what one is doing or experiencing. Oftentimes I find myself in a situation where I'm physically present, but not mentally there. You could say I'm, I'm not fully focused. In order to truly get the most out of every day and experience the delight of life as it unfolds in real time, we must be present. Sure, I struggle with this, as many of us do. 
For example, if you're currently reading this in a setting where others are around you, take a look around. Count how many individuals are on some form of device. Cell phones, computers, tablets, and other technology have made life a lot easier in many regards. However, they've completely destroyed our ability to communicate with one another without interruption or be 100% present in most situations. If fundamentalism, i.e. having more fun in life, is something you know you could benefit from and are committed to implementing, I challenge you to set aside some time every day where you're completely free of technology. Over time, you'll feel a sense of freedom, enjoyment, and presence in these moments. You'll likely end up extending your technology-free time so that you can enjoy that freedom more and more each day. Deliberate. If you had to rate your ability to be deliberate in the things that you do on a scale from 1 to 10, how would you rank yourself? Specifically, how often do you approach your day with a plan? Now, I'm going to ask a series of of questions, and if you'd like to partake in a fun little activity, feel free to pull up your physical fundamentalism connecting to life through fun book. These activities will start on page 53. Now, if indeed you don't want to follow along in the physical book, feel free to just mentally capture your answer. How deliberate are you? One being the lowest, 10 being the highest. If you had to score yourself on how deliberate you are, what would it be? One being the lowest, 10 being the highest. What are some items you approach deliberately on a regular basis? Examples could include morning rituals, team meetings, workouts, shopping for specific items, etc. In the physical book, moving forward to page 54, again, not necessary, just if you want to follow along and take notes, feel free. Also, feel free to just pause this recording identify the answers to the questions in which we're asking and ultimately land on your own personal response. What are some items you find you could be more deliberate in doing? Examples could include expressing vocal appreciation of a loved one, eating healthy, communicating with purpose, staying on task, checking in with your phone less, etc. Again, what are some items you find you could be more deliberate in doing. Too often, I believe we allow our days to own us rather than owning the day. As prisoners of the moment, we get sucked into things that we believe to be important and fall victim to distractions. When was the last time that you came into work with specific things that you wanted to accomplish? You began the task and were notified of a new email. And then... You're off doing something else. Being deliberate in your day means that you have to place a priority on the things that you want to achieve and devote resources to ensure they happen. Attack each day with purpose and watch your productivity improve exponentially. As you begin to set goals and deliberately take the steps necessary to complete them, fulfillment in life, both personally and professionally, will follow in abundance. And as you already probably know, it is fun to feel fulfilled. 
Fun and fulfillment are the aims of fundamentalism. So, are you ready for some fun? Are you completely present and listening to this in an environment devoid of distraction? Are you being deliberate, open, and honest with yourself about what you hope to receive by educating yourself on fundamentalism? If so, let's take a deeper dive into the F, foundation of fundamentalism. Let's look at how experience plays a role in the foundation of fun. Experience. People who love life and appear to be consistently upbeat are not impervious to despair or heartache. As an international speaker, I travel all over the world for workshops and keynote addresses. I typically ask individuals attending my sessions to raise their hands if they grew up in a single-parent household. I follow that by saying, raise or keep your hand raised if you grew up in what you consider poverty. Continuing on, raise or keep your hand raised if you know or have known somebody that's been affected by cancer. Finally, I I add, raise or keep your hand raised if you experience the loss of someone close to you. Very few of my audience members have, have ever not raised a hand to one of those questions. What does that mean? What does it mean? Everyone on this earth is faced with challenges, disappointment, and setbacks. These difficult experiences help make us who we are. They shape much of our life perspective and even help establish our foundation. Our experiences in life help mold our belief system. This belief system drives much of our behaviors. And ultimately, our behavior is a key factor in the creation of our emotions. Take, for example, my brother, Chris. I mentioned earlier many of the challenging characteristics my father displayed on a regular basis. These characteristics, coupled with many other factors, negatively impacted the relationship between him and my brother. I recall Chris and my father having many arguments, which was a driving factor in my brother's decision to move out of the house his sophomore year of high school. These tough experiences help shape Chris's belief system. Now, I don't know where you all stand on this uh, nature versus nurture debate, but I'm certain that we are a product of both. DNA absolutely plays a role in our personality, actions, and, and even ability. Educating yourself, gravitating towards the things that give you strength, and surrounding yourself with amazing people can play a huge role in these things as well. I remember Chris telling me on multiple occasions that he got all of our dad's least desirable traits and I got all of his great ones. This, of course, could not be further from the truth. My brother is absolutely fantastic. He is great with people, extremely skilled, and has a ginormous heart. Despite the fact that everyone he meets feels his impact, his His formative experiences with our father helped shape his belief system into thinking something different. It is Chris's belief that his destiny was shaped by our father. This belief drives his behaviors and, too often, his emotions. His lack of hope and optimism have been debilitating at times. I asked him once why he always had to think the worst in things. His response? 
so I'm not disappointed later. The interesting thing about Chris's journey and perspective is that I agree with him. I do think that his destiny was shaped by our father, just as mine was too. What we disagree on is how it's been shaped. Chris and I were born to the same mother and father. We have similar personality traits. The difference is, I began emulating the behaviors of others I wanted to be like, and also paid close attention to the undesirable behaviors exhibited by those near me. My father had a ton of positive traits. I learned who I wanted to be by watching both the great and not so great in everyone. Rather than feeling I was destined for a difficult life, I felt I was destined to help others see they weren't. If you don't like your experience in life, change your life experiences. The point that I'm trying to make here is that if you're feeling a lack of happiness or fulfillment, try introducing new and fun experiences to your life. Those experiences will impact your belief system, which will drive your behaviors and generate different emotions. If you want a different experience in life, you have to experience life differently. Is your job sucking all your energy away, leaving you depressed and anxious about going in every day? Take the steps necessary to change the situation. Do you have a a toxic relationship driving unwanted stress and negativity in life? Approach the relationship differently or do something about it. Are you tired of feeling sluggish and down about your health or lacking confidence based on your physical appearance? Make the necessary changes to ensure growth and that will get you in a better mindset. I've seen a ton of growth in my brother Chris in the last several years. The reason? He started looking more forward than in the rear view. He surrounded himself with amazing people who valued him. And Chris started doing more things that he enjoyed, his fundamentals. In short, he introduced new life experiences into his life, which have changed his take on life from glass half empty to glass half full. Personality traits. While much of our foundation can be built through experience, there are additional factors involved. When I use the term foundation, I'm referring to everything that makes you, you. Along with life experiences, personality traits, communication style, purpose, and guiding principles, they play a major role in our day-to-day experience of life. Self-reflection and focusing on how to improve the things within our control will have a significant impact in driving different and more positive experiences. Who is the individual in your life that appears to have the most fun? Think about it. Again, who is the individual in your life that appears to have the most fun? Think about some of the fun memories of this individual. Think about examples of of where they demonstrated fun and how you came to this conclusion that they are, in fact, one of the most fun individuals that you know. Here's a novel concept. Having this individual in your head and identifying memories that you have and the reason why you describe them as fun, thinking through all of that, how can you incorporate some of these examples or behaviors in your own life? 
Now, I'm, I'm not saying don't be you. I'm saying, how could you leverage some of these experiences, some of the things that you've seen, some of the things that you've observed in this fun individual in your life? How could you replicate some of those behaviors to incorporate more fun in your life? Have you ever wondered why some individuals thrive with structure and others just don't? Or why talking to strangers could come so natural to some, but not others? Our differences are are driven by many things, some referenced in the paragraphs previously recited. However, the most defining difference in individuals is our personality style. Years ago, a gentleman by the name of Richard Stepp created the dope four-bird personality test. You heard me right, dope. The intent was to assign bird types to the four different personality styles based on the original studies of Dr. Gary Couture. It isn't a uh, psychological evaluation, but, but rather an activity rooted in self-assessment to gain a better understanding of yourself and others. As personality style is a staple in the composition of a person's foundation, recognizing what style you are and how it manifests itself in your environment could provide additional context for why you experience the world the way you do. In addition, it may allow you the insight necessary to improve your quality of life, your strength of relationships, self-acceptance, and even self-awareness. We are about to embark on a deep dive into the four dope bird styles. As you listen, try to identify what bird represents you and those closest to you. A more detailed and comprehensive version of this assessment can be found at richardstep.com. But for the purpose of this exercise, we'll keep it simple. It is important to note that you could be represented by more than one bird style. One may just play a more dominant role than the other. I myself am a Peagle. Dove, the D in dope. The dove is a warm, caring, and relationship-driven individual. They enjoy making others feel comfortable and thrive in team environments. Doves love feeling appreciated and will likely make others feel the same. Typically, they listen well and are sympathetic to others while avoiding conflict. Lastly, the dove is super chill and doesn't move at a very rapid pace. You might find doves holding positions such as teachers, guidance counselors, or social workers. If you go out to eat with a dove, they may be the individual asking, what's everybody else getting to eat? And telling you how delicious that sounds while asking if you'd like to try their meal. They may even offer to pick up the bill just to get on your good side. Doves can be identified as warm and slow-moving. Owl, the O in dope. The owl is an individual who thrives in structure and detail. An owl's decision-making process is based heavily on logic and can take more time than others due to an extensive review of details. They are driven by facts far more than emotion or opinion and aren't known for taking a ton of risk. You can find many owls working as scientists, librarians, uh, accountants, or even engineers. Now, if you go out to eat with an owl, they might be the one asking about the specials and 
trying to identify what meal offers the best value. Logically, it makes sense to pay for our own respective meals, so prepare to have your payment method ready when eating with an owl. Owls can be identified as cold and somewhat slow-moving. Peacock. The P in dope. Y'all ready to party? The peacock is a beacon of light in nearly every situation. They are lighthearted, fun, and enjoy being around others. Peacocks are typically creative, optimistic, and overflowing with enthusiasm. Can you tell what I am? Oftentimes, they struggle with structure, expressing impatience, and can be distracted very easily. Peacocks can be found holding positions in sales, marketing, and music. If you go out to eat with a peacock, they might be the individual telling all the jokes, carrying the bulk of the conversation, and telling the server multiple times that they haven't even looked at the menu yet. No need to pay. The peacock's going to expense this meal. Peacocks can be identified as warm and fast-moving individuals. Eagle. The E in dope. Looking for a leader? The eagle will carry your squad. Assertive, dominant, and decisive, the eagle is a natural when it comes to leading a team. Like the owl, the eagle thrives in structure and appreciates facts over opinion. They move fast and can be impatient at times. Without ill intent, the eagle can often be insensitive to the needs of others based on their desire to get things done quickly. Again, not with ill intent. It's just that they got a job to do and they don't have time for everybody's feelings. If you go out to eat with an eagle, they'll most likely be the driving force behind choosing the location and will know what they want to eat before even looking at a menu. As eagles can be found in positions of leadership like CEOs, executives, or other high-ranking officials, you should allow them to pick up the bill. Eagles could be identified as cold and fast-moving. Which bird style best represents you? Dove, owl, peacock, or eagle? Now think about your family and what drives many of your commonalities or differences. Your personality style plays a critical role in how you see the world. Personalities drive perspective, communication style, how we approach tasks, and and the experiences we have in life. Taking the time to understand why you respond the way you do and exploring the nuances of other personalities will help facilitate change in the areas that you seek most. We'll explore these personality styles a little bit more in the upcoming chapter, The Fun and Understanding Others' Perspectives. Purpose. Thus far, we've established that our experiences shape much of who we are and what we do. In addition, we've provided a little insight into how our personalities drive perspective and experience. The thread that ties both of these items together is purpose. Every foundation serves a purpose to support its attached structure. Therefore, shouldn't we as individuals have purpose? Shouldn't this purpose be a driving force within our foundation and help create the fulfillment we all seek? Oftentimes, if a person is present enough to have found their true purpose, it manifests itself in all that they do. You can see their purpose in how they interact with others, how they conduct business, how they raise their family, and how they experience life. 
Their personality supports this purpose. It shines brightly as they go out. It shines brightly in the activities and interactions of their day. To show you what I mean, I'll tell you about how purpose manifests itself across areas of my life. I believe that my purpose is to reveal the opportunity available to us all to have more fun in life. My personal foundation is rooted in fun and it manifests itself in all that I do. Recently, I was keynoting a conference for the Wisconsin Bankers Association. I had never met any of the attendees before entering the venue, but my outfit was fire. I had on these, these pink pants and some fun socks, a hip shirt. When's the last time somebody said hip to you? A light blue jacket with a pink pocket square and a bright pattern bow tie. Bow ties are kind of my thing. As I made my way through the conference, I walked confidently as I felt great in this new outfit I had just purchased. My shoulders were back and my head was high when a young lady approached me issuing an unbridled excitement. You must be Paul, she exclaimed. How did you know that? I responded. Well, my name is Jennifer and I'll be introducing you today at the conference. I saw your outfit the way that you carried yourself and the energy that surrounds you, and you are fun. I knew that you had to be our speaker as I read about your concept of fundamentalism. You appear to be the most fun person in the room, and I applaud you for living your truth. Jennifer's quick take on me, as well as many similar assessments by others, validated that my purpose manifests itself in all that I do, in my very being. Compound that with the fact that my five-year-old daughter, at the time of writing this, Adeline Grace, describes me as fun, silly, and kind, and I'm certain my purpose reveals itself in my personality. There are many different purposes in life. Some desire to be the best father or mother who raised children to be kind and respectful of others. Some feel their purpose is to create things of value. Others are driven by improving some aspect of society and find purpose in moving humanity forward. Your purpose is exactly that. Yours. No one can define your purpose for you. It takes self-reflection and dedication in its identification. Some are born with purpose. Others find it in their journey of life. Many of those reading this haven't found their true purpose, and that's perfectly acceptable. What's not acceptable, though, and is detrimental to the success of you living a life of fun and fulfillment, is that if you've never even spent time identifying it or thinking about it. For help in identifying your purpose, I'm going to be asking a series of questions. If you'd like to follow along in the physical book to take notes, feel free to turn to page 63. If that's not your cup of tea, or you don't have the physical book, what are you waiting for? Ultimately, feel free to pause the recording, take notes, but most of all, I just want you to reflect. If you don't have the answers now, know that you've identified the first step necessary in experiencing fun. Identification, self-reflection. Give it some time and thought and return again later.
First question, if you'd consider yourself purpose-driven, what is your purpose? Now, I know that's a, that's a very deep question, one that you may not have the answer to, and don't get too hung up on it if it doesn't come to you, because we'll be working together later in chapter five, next steps to create more fun. And our intent there is to help narrow your focus and identify your true purpose. So again, if you'd consider yourself purpose-driven, what is your purpose? A follow-up question. How does your purpose manifest itself in the work setting? How does your purpose that you identified manifest itself in the work setting? If the people with whom you work were to describe you in three words, what three words would they choose? Think about it. If you were to ask, just on the surface, what do you think the people that you work with would describe you as? If the people with whom you work were to describe you in three words, what three words would they choose? Now, if you recall, I asked earlier, how does your purpose manifest itself in the work setting? We've all heard people say, oh, that's the work me. That's the home me. I'm two different people. If that's the case, how does your purpose manifest itself at home? How does your purpose manifest itself at home? And lastly, if your family or friends were to describe you in three words, what three words would they choose? Not the people that you work with, but rather, if your family or friends were to describe you in three words, what three words would they choose? Here's where stuff gets deep. With the purpose that you potentially outlined before, and using only three words in terms of how you would want all of those with whom you interact to describe you. So I'm talking friends, family, coworkers, members of leadership. How would you want them to describe you? So forget what they're saying. How do you want them to describe you? Now, in theory, if you live life with purpose, it should manifest itself in all that you do. The words that people use to describe you would be consistent with how you describe yourself and align directly with the purpose in which you serve. This isn't something that typically happens overnight. You have to be patient with yourself in your journey. We're all a work in progress. Taking the time to identify where you are in that process and what you're willing to do to move forward will help you find fundamentalism in your life. Most importantly, it will lay the groundwork in ensuring your foundation supports all the fun you desire or can handle. Not only is self-reflection pivotal in generating growth and maximizing fun, it is one of our core fundamentals. By learning more about how your experiences help shape you the role that your personality plays in life, and identifying a purpose that drives you, you could begin to determine what aspects of your foundation are the strongest and where you may need a little work. Fun chapter takeaways. When you avoid distractions like daydreaming or playing with your phone, and instead you are present in the moment, you best position yourself to experience delight and satisfaction. When you are deliberate with your time and resources, you end up being more productive and thus more fulfilled.
to flip the script on any feelings of sadness, boredom, or frustration that may haunt you, introduce new experiences into your life. Take the time to understand your personality as well as the nuances of others. In doing so, you'll be better equipped to deal with challenging situations and to create more fun in your interactions with others. Determine your purpose. When you're able to live your purpose in work and personal life, then you'll feel a greater sense of joy and fulfillment. Next up, your foundation plays a crucial role in creating a life of contentment and fun. However, it is only one element of fun. Self-improvement comes not only through self-reflection and self-development, but in making the effort to understand others' perspectives. Making deeper connections with others is the next chapter's focus. By genuinely seeking to an understanding of others' perspectives, you can avoid negative interactions, drive more memorable experiences in life, and attract more fun. Welcome back. So you may recall in one of the final paragraphs in chapter three of the Fundamentalism Connecting to Life Through Fun book, the excerpt from our audiobook that is available on Audible that you just heard, that by learning more about how your experiences help shape you, the role your personality plays in life, and identifying a purpose that drives you, you can begin to determine what aspects of your foundation are the strongest and where you may need a little work. So what we're talking about is self-reflection, being honest and taking a look in the mirror and identifying your strengths, your areas of opportunity, and where you'd like to close the gaps. But I reiterate, it's not about changing, it's about channeling. You have it in you. And maybe you don't know where to start. Maybe you don't know how to channel and you need a little help. Well, that's where your friends and your family, potentially a shaman like me, can help. See, that's our whole goal with fundamentalism is literally trying to provide tips and practical ways that will empower you to create additional joy, fun, and fulfillment in life. It's not that it's not possible. It's not that you can't do it. It's that oftentimes you don't prioritize your happiness over all the things that you feel or you believe need to be done. Prioritize your happiness. As the fun chapter takeaway said, be present in the moment. When you do so, you Position yourself better to experience that joy and fulfillment that we talk about. Be more deliberate, right? Gravitate towards the things that give you strength. Focus more on what's good as opposed to what isn't. Facilitate discussions that help people focus more on what's working as opposed to what isn't. If you're feeling sad, Bored, frustrated, introduce different experiences into life. Like if you're unhappy with your experience in life, introduce new experiences in life. It's going to evoke different emotions. It's going to serve as that brain pattern interrupt 
to get you out of that potential rut or place of darkness and move you to a place that's more fruitful in providing you solace, relief. Take time to understand who you are, why you are the way that you are, and the nuances of of others' personalities. Specifically, that that four-bird personality assessment, I actually equate that to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which we'll talk about on a different podcast. But, you know, we're all unique, and we all bring something amazing to the table. And when you don't connect with others, you feel like people don't understand you. Oftentimes, it's because our personalities differ. And what we value is maybe just a little more nuanced than somebody else. So we have to sometimes understand that where we thrive and where we struggle impact the way that we not only experience life, but interact with others. And in closing, really work to understand and ask yourself regularly the question, what, what is my purpose? Why am I here? So many people on this earth don't know the answer to that question. And you've heard me talk about this hundreds of times. I'm not asking you to identify the answer. I'm not asking you to know what your purpose is. I hope that everybody finds it or identifies it. I believe that I found mine. And in short, it's very similar to the mission statement. It's to help empower individuals to create additional joy, fun, and fulfillment in life. Again, I'm not asking you to have that answer, what's my purpose? But what I'm challenging you to do is consistently ask yourself the question. Because if you just wake up every single day and you just go through the motions, your alarm clock goes off, you get up, you brush your teeth, you go through your routine, potentially listen to some good music, hop in your car if you go to a physical office, take your kids to school, work your butt off, take lunch break, work your butt off, clock out if that's still a thing. Drive home, pick up the kids, clean up the house, make dinner, put the kids to bed after doing homework, rest while watching your favorite TV show, go to sleep, only to wake up and do it all over again the next day. That that leads itself to a very unfulfilling experience. But if you consistently ask yourself, if we consistently ask ourselves, what is it? that I serve? What is my purpose? Like, why am I here? What can I be doing? What should I be doing? What value can I add, not just to others, but what value could I provide to myself? How could I prioritize my happiness? How could I create happiness for others? Well, then big things, dramatic things start happening. And life's experience is improved 
exponentially. Ladies and gentlemen, I greatly appreciate you tuning in to another episode of the Fundamism Podcast. We took last week off because it was spring break, baby. We turned up at the Nebraska Omaha Zoo. I'll be honest. I don't know if it's just my affection for Kansas City or whatnot, but I like Kansas City Zoos better. I like, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but we had a blast with the fam. I hope that you enjoyed your spring break, that you uh, gravitated towards some things that made you smile, that you find fun. And as always, we challenge you to go out and have some fun today and create some fun in the lives of others. Until we catch you on the flip side, be safe, smile often, have fun, and deuces.